Hey there, podcast listeners. Welcome to Talking Wealth, the show where the Wealth Within team are on hand to teach you how to become a more confident, competent, and more importantly, profitable trader or investor. Wealth Within was voted number three for stock market podcasts globally in 2018, so I hope you enjoy listening. We cover topics from trading to investing, as well as wealth creation to ensure you can achieve your financial goals. Because as we always say, lifestyle matters. As a global leader in stock market education, you can fast track your journey towards financial freedom by studying with Wealth Within. If you'd like more information about our government accredited courses or to watch more analysis of the stocks in this podcast, head over to wealthwithin.com.au and click on the market report videos under the Learning Center. Please note that the information in this podcast should not be considered personal financial advice. Hello and welcome to this week's Australian Stock Market Report. Now this week we're going to look at why you need to follow the money in order to get good returns. Then we'll get into the Australian stock market so I can share with you my thoughts on where it's heading along with answering your questions and looking at stocks for you. I'm Dale Gillam, the Chief Analyst here at Wealth Within and we are Australia's most trusted stock market educators. Now before we move on, thank you for showing your support for our channel and hitting that subscribe button. Now remember, as you subscribe, Make sure you click the bell on the right of it so you keep up to date with our latest videos. Now, also remember to tune in to our live Australian Stock Market Show every Tuesday, 7 to 8 p.m. Australian Eastern Time. Now, this is the show where you get to ask us, the stock market education and trading experts, to look at your favourite stocks and answer all of your most burning questions. Now, there's an old saying when it comes to investing that you can't buy yesterday's returns. Now, in essence... That means if an investment rises in the previous year and you don't own it, then you've missed out. That said, I also believe it means you can't expect the return to be repeated in the following year. Unfortunately, many investors attempt to buy yesterday's returns by looking at the best performing sectors or stocks that have already performed and invest in the hope that they will achieve that return or better into the future. But this is exactly the opposite of what they should be doing, which is echoed in Warren Buffett's statement that investors should buy in doom and sell in boom. In essence, Mr. Buffett is telling us to buy assets that have been performing poorly and to sell what has been rising strongly. Now, given this, investors should be looking to invest for tomorrow's return, which you can do by following the money flow. For example, in this year, or well, 2020, the information technology sector has risen the most and is up 41% since the 1st of January, while the energy sector has fallen 41% over the same period. So right now, there's an influx of investors buying technology stocks, believing that this big run in the sector will continue. But if you follow Mr. Buffett's advice, we should be looking for opportunities in the energy sector. That said, I can understand investors' reluctance to buy into energy stocks like Whitehaven Coal, which is down almost 60% this year, whilst Afterpay, which is in the technology sector, is up over 200%. As such, I'm not recommending that people just sell their technology stocks to buy energy stocks, and I'm sure Mr. Buffett would not be thinking this as well or suggesting it either. But if you are looking for stocks to buy, then look at the sectors that have been moving down and this is where you'll find or you'll often find the greatest opportunities. Now remember, what goes up must come down and vice versa. So it is possible to buy tomorrow's returns if you are watching the money flow. 
So what were the best and worst performing sectors last week? Well, the best performers, well, they included information technology up 4.44%, followed by consumer discretionary, consumer staples and financials, which were all up around 2.5%. The worst performing sectors, well, they included industrials down 1.57%, materials, which was just down or just in the red, 0.54%, and energy, well, that was just up in the green by 0.33%. Now, looking at the ASX top 100 stocks, the best performers included Unibail, Redamco, Westfield up 23.25%, and I think you should go and have a look at that one. Not necessarily to buy, but look at why it actually rose. The news on that one was quite interesting, and I can't understand understand why it rose up. But Link Administration, well, that was up 21.55%, followed by the Bank of Queensland, that was up 9.86%. Now, the worst performers last week included Flight Centre, which ended the week down over 9.09%. Simic Group, well, that was down 5.86%, with Vicinity Centres, Ramsey Healthcare, Adbury, Horizon Holdings, and Atlas Arteria all down over 4% for the week. So, what do I expect in the market moving forward? Well, let's get into the charts for our S&P 500. All Ordinaries Index update for this week. We'll also answer your questions and look at the stocks you've chosen for me. Okay, so on your screen right now, we've got our weekly chart of the All Ordinaries Index that we normally have on, on our chart. And you can see here last week, and in last week's report, I actually did mention that uh, the wood, or that week, or last week, would give us an indication of whether we're going, going to go down um, into October, into an October low, or go through and just keep rising up through to early 2021. And I think the major thing that I want to share with you, it doesn't really matter. I'm getting people saying, just pick a direction, Dar, is it up or down? And that's not really the point. The point is about no matter what direction the market takes is what is your strategy? Are you getting in? Are you getting out? Are you sitting on your hands? What are you actually doing? And so it's really important to understand the direction of the market first, but always have an alternative theory about what happens. And there's an old saying in trading, it's trade on confirmation, not speculation. And I would transpose that straight onto investing. Trade on what you know. Don't trade on what you think or might happen. And so what I'm doing is actually waiting for confirmation. Now, if we see last week's bar, you can see here it opened up at 6312. It had a high of 6439, which is great. Highest close since back, sorry, it's highest movement since way back there in early March in the early parts of the COVID meltdown there. Um, highest close since this bar here. That was the highest close prior to last week. You can see there the close was 6511.5 points. Uh, last week we closed at 6385 points. Very small bar, it's only 132 point range which shows not necessarily a big, uh, I would say, a lot of veracity to the outward move. Obviously the week before was a big, big bar. You can see there 352 points. Um, opening on its low, closing right near its high. Last week it opened on its low, traded up and came back down late in the week. So showing a little bit of weakness. It was almost sort of a little bit like these bars here where we're pushing up and coming back down again, but nowhere near as bad. So um, I'm not discounting. We are in October. October is the month for anything can happen. 
Um, so I'm not discounting that we won't fall over and uh, come down into the lows that I was expecting uh, down into around anywhere between, uh, you know, 5,600, maybe 5,400, maybe 5,800 points. So it could come down to any one of those levels. But at this point in time, one thing I know I'm really, really confident of is the All Orders Index will rise up through into early next year. Um, all I'm suggesting is we may see some short-term weakness. If we go and have a look at the daily chart on the All Orders Index, you can see what I'm talking about here. Have a look at this. This is a massive run. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine days up to last Thursday, which as you can see, there's the 15th of October. Of those nine trading days, all of them bar one, this one, traded higher. It closed higher, sorry, than it opened. So we have we have a strong move. Now, markets generally don't go nine days up. And in fact, we haven't seen a move that strong since January before the February all-time high. So it's been really basically 10 months since we've seen a move that, that strong on our marketplace. That's great. But what it does do is it, it actually then says to us, the more it keeps rising through here, the more chances it'll start to fall away and have one or two or three days down. So I wouldn't surprise me if we get a couple of days down here earlier in this week um, and then start to move up. And it'd be interesting to see where it happens on Friday if we do close higher and we do have a green bar or an up bar for the market. Let me just get out of that and just click on here and go back to weekly. So it wouldn't surprise me seeing a red bar coming through down into this sort of level here, down around that sort of, um, you know, around that 6,100 odd point level in a nice red bar and then to move up again uh, from there back into October, sorry, it's high end, close higher in October, going up into November, December and into early next year. But again, it wouldn't also surprise me if it, it kept falling away through here. And it really does depend on what the US market is doing at this point in time, because the US market is quite volatile. October, as, as we know, is the month that anything can happen. Uh, if you hadn't watched our live stream, our YouTube live stream last Tuesday night, um, you know, Janine and I talked about how to profit from short selling or shorting the market. So we did that for a reason because um, a lot of people are asking in, on how to do that. But we also did, if you get onto Flix, net, we actually last Friday, episode 37 on Flix. So if you go to that Flix, net, if you go there and go, go into investments, we're on the front page. You'll see Janine and uh, myself, our faces on the front page and see all our episodes if you click on that spinning picture thing. Um, but if you go into the investors and you look at episode 37, we talked, at, talked about the best and worst days on the Dow Jones and what goes on there. Um, really interesting research that we put up there. So go and watch that. But what it's showing to me right now, we're in a presidential debate. We're also wondering what's happening with Trump and Biden, all sorts of different things there. Uh, the market isn't looking super, super strong. We're in reporting season in the US. And as you know, reporting season, anything can happen. So far in reporting season, you know, as I was, uh, I was talking to Jim on my uh, Jim Beach on my uh, report that I do with him, which is now all on Flix. We don't do that on YouTube anymore. So if you want to get my take on the US markets, you go to flix.net or flixx.net, go there and have a look. So that'll be episode 38. So go and have a look at that. And I talk a bit about with Jim about what goes on in the market uh, with the, with elections. And right now it's not looking strong with reporting season. We're getting about 50-50 at the moment, 50 positive, 50 negative. There's a huge expectation that the tech sector will report badly. Um, and we're seeing, we're going to be seeing those this week. We're going to be seeing Microsoft. We're going to see Apple. We're seeing IBM, 
first came off the rank on Monday in the US when that opened. So if we get a whole lot of bad reports on the tech sector, those tech stocks, those big five tech stocks that are in the S&P 500, if they're weakened and they shock the market a little bit, we could see a big pullback on the US market. Again, you know, at the end of the day, our job is to just trade on what we know, not what we think might happen and we need to wait for confirmation rather than speculate on what might happen. So whilst I think our market is overall bullish through into 2021, we do need to expect some possible short-term weakness. But let's now get into our first questions or our questions from everybody. Now, the first question that we do have today is from Shooting Star. He says, thanks, Dale. Could you please provide some advice on managed funds? He said, I don't feel I have enough time to trade and monitor. Now, interesting question. I do get occasionally I get questions on managed funds. I don't study managed funds themselves, like individual ones. And you've got a plethora of different managed funds from index ones to growth ones to income ones to high growth ones. There are like, there are so many different funds and that there's not, a, you're not, how do I say it? It's not possible for me to answer what you should be doing there in terms of managed funds, in terms of what ones you should be buying or what you should be looking at. I don't know how old you are, all those sorts of things. And that's really where you need to, if you do, if you are set on getting into some managed funds and using those for your investing, I would suggest a couple of things. One is go and find a financial advisor first so that you can work out based on your stage of living what you should be doing. You can get limited advice and things like that. So it doesn't have to be costly for you. Uh, the second thing is I'd make sure I'm saving money. The first thing is you need to do is put some money away and just keep saving money and keep putting that into your investments. That's the second thing that you need to do also. Sorry, that should be the first thing. The second thing is then go and see an advisor and work out what you want to do. The, the, another part of that question is, is it's often a false belief that people don't think they have enough money uh, sorry, enough, enough time and or enough money and, and enough knowledge to actually have a good stock portfolio or share portfolio. All you need to do is get my book, How to Beat the Managed Funds by 20%. It's it's your money. It's your choice. It's, you can get it for free. I mean, this is the copy of the book. Here it is here. Get online. Get onto our website. It's free. All you got to do is pay for the postage. So what better opportunity can you get? Free book. Cost, pay the postage and uh, pay the postage. And in, in, here, here we talk about, or I talk about the top 20 stocks on the Australian market, how you can buy them and be very, very passive with them. And do, following these things that what I've got in this book, one, maybe one hour a month is all you're going to need to hold, uh, buy and hold some of those top 20 stocks and not do too much. You don't need to be Einstein. You don't need to have a math degree. You don't need to have a lot of time. You don't need to have a lot of energy in it. You don't even need to have a lot of money to get in, I share with you how to do that. And I think, to me, that's a far better way. You'll make far more money and have a lot more control over your money. Now, you know, I could also suggest you go to like an index ETF, but again, following the rules in that book, you'll be index ETFs every single year. It's just hands down, it will happen. Because managed funds or index ETFs track a market. What we've talked about in that book is to beat the market but not increase risk. And so, as I said, just get the book. Um, as I said, it's free, just pay the postage. But good question, good question. And it's just a little bit of knowledge, a little bit of time. And, and as I said, maybe one hour a month is more than enough. Next, we have a question um, from Alex. So, hi, Alex, how are you going? Thank you for your question. He says, hi, Dale, could you have a look at Woodside Petroleum, please? It's looking like uh, one with lots of upside potential. 
Energy is an interesting one. We talked about energy stocks in, um, well, Janine and I talked about energy stocks, I think, last week in our um, uh, reports or uh, um, and where you should be looking at. And, and in my report today, you've noticed I talked about following the money. And I did talk about energy being the one that's been down heavily um, at this point in time. And so by following the money, the money hasn't been going into energy stocks. They really haven't been over the past 12 months where it's been going into technology stocks, whereas the money starts coming out of technology stocks, it's got to go somewhere else. Now, you might say, why would money stop going out of the technology stocks? It's always about value. If, if people, if investors in the big end of town think you know, technology stocks can double in the next 12 months, then they'll keep putting money into that. But if they're thinking that that end of town is getting overheated, it's fully valued or overvalued, then they'll stop putting money into that sector, but they still have to put money into the market. So they'll be putting into another sector that they think there is potential for. That could be the energy sector. And if, because it's been so unloved, they've been taking money out of that that's why it's been falling away. And so what we see is a changing of the money flow. And we see this all of the time through history. I see money flowing from different sectors and different indices from you know, the top 20 to the top 500 and different areas in between. And it swings, money just flows and it just keeps moving from one area or one sector to another one. And this is really what could be happening um, coming into next year. And I do think coal um, coal may be one of the areas that could be a good opportunity there. I think oil could be another good opportunity there. But let's go and have a look at Woodside. It's on your screen right now. On the left is a monthly chart. On the right is a weekly chart. And if we look at this on that monthly chart, you can see how bearish Woodside's actually been. Now, you don't, you're saying it could be setting up for a good run. I can't see anything at the moment that says to me that it's going to set up for a good run. But what it's showing me is enough interest that I will have this on my watch list because I don't discount what you said. And in fact, I'm more agreeing with it than discounting it. But you can see here this stock. If I do this, you can see it's a beautiful trending stock. Now, it's finding some support right across that sort of level at around that one dollar mark there. You can see here with, sorry. Um, this sort of level here, that $15 mark roughly, it's finding some support from that previous high. So I don't think it's going to fall too much further than what it is. What I would like to see is Woodside hold up and get some support. It's a little bit here. It's been quite bearish. Let me turn that off so you can see it a little bit easier. It's this bearish move down into March, a little rise up and a bit more bearish there. Now, this month is so far looking good for Woodside. If I start seeing some green bars through here, then I'm going to get a little bit more excited on this stock and it could be an opportunity moving forward. So I don't discount what you're saying. It's just waiting for confirmation on that and whether that is the low that we can be expecting because anything can happen. As I said in October, if we, if we see it turn and start to fall away for the, for the rest of this month and into next month and break that low, then obviously the downside hasn't finished. But again, worth having on your watch list. But thank you very much for that question. Now, the next one we've got is another energy stock. It's from Abhaya. Um, he says, nice one again. I think he was referring to my report from last week. So thank you from that. Coal miners, Whitehaven Coal and NHC price dropped to unofficial uh, due to unofficial coal embargo by China. Well, last week, I mean, basically, China basically said, you know, or inferred they're not going to be taking um, Australian coal. Now, looking at coal, if you look at the coal industry, you know, it has been decimated. Whitehaven Coal was down 60%, as you saw, heard a little bit earlier in my report. So what goes down must come up. That's what I'm saying. What goes up generally comes down as well. So it's normally the vice versa. If you look at China in terms of coal, you, the China is the biggest 
has the more has more coal-fired power stations, I believe, than the rest of the world combined. I believe I'm not 100% certain, but I, it's got a lot, and they're building more right now. They're currently building a lot more coal-fired stations, so they've got to get coal from somewhere. They're not silly. They've got to get it from somewhere. Australia is one of the biggest producers of coal, and we can do it very effectively. We can have a very steady supply chain for them because we're politically stable, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. A lot of positive reasons to have coal. We heard, you know, earlier back in the year that uh, China wasn't going to take steel, uh, um, iron ore from Australia, et cetera, et cetera, and your, your big iron ore company is going to be affected. And yet now we're seeing China takes more iron ore than they were at the start of this year. I wouldn't read too much into it. I really wouldn't because, again, even if they do come in and say we're not taking coal from um, Australia, that probably what will happen is the Australian coal miners will ship it to some other country and the other country will sell it to China and it'll be a backdoor way, it'll get in there. And that happens, that very, very much happens. But let's go and have a look at the stock anyway. So bringing up Whitehaven Coal, I, I did the huge report on this only on Friday for our students. I did a big report on Whitehaven Coal because like oil, um, Woodside, oil search and those sorts of stocks in the energy sector, they are getting my attention. Now, if you look at Whitehaven Coal, it's been bearish since July 2018. So it's no surprise to me that it fell away last week. But look at this. You know, we're talking about here's the bottom here in September and it's hardly a blip on here. So even though China came out and made that announcement and yes, Whitehaven Coal did fall, but you're talking about a stock that's, you know, around a dollar. And so, you know, fall, fall of 10 or 15 cents is a 10 or 15% fall. Um, on that. So right now it is trying to find some support. It hasn't done that yet. But if you look at Whitehaven and scroll the right back, this is not a buy and hold stock. It's very much one that you buy and you trade it and you get out. And there's some brilliant, brilliant simple rules that we teach students to make a lot of money out of this stock when it does actually run. In fact, that's what I was showing our students, how to make money out of Whitehaven Coal and if it does run and does find support. So whilst I'm finding it interesting at the moment, I'm not suggesting it is a buy right now. I'm just saying you need to keep an eye on it uh, as a stock in your watch list. It just trends so well. So again, here's, we're looking at last week. And if I do that up, last week wasn't much of a blip, was it? If I go down to a daily chart, and have a quick look at that. You can see here uh, last week. So there's Monday, it fell away, fell away Tuesday, but closed higher. Wednesday, it was an inside bar, but closed lower. And then Thursday, it took off again. So really nothing to worry about there. Have a quick look. Let me have a quick look at um, New Haven, sorry, New Hope Coal. Pretty much the same story, falling very, very heavily. You can see they're falling away right back in 2019. So it's been falling for well, well over a year now, finding some support through here, a bit of a basing pattern here on this one at the moment. Uh, last week was a little bit more bearish with the China news, but I would like to, if it can hold some support. The one thing that worries me a bit more about this one, as opposed to Whitehaven, is it could just keep basing sideways. Again, another trading stock, because you could have bought it back here in 2007 for the same price you got it now. So just be careful at the moment. It's too early to get into this um, for you. To me, just wait a little bit, wait for some strength, wait for some direction on the market. 
and then we should be able to look at some of these energy stocks but do put those energy stocks on your watch list not necessarily just coal but i'm talking about oil as well like oil search um, and Woodside Petroleum as, as well, a couple of others ones, because what you need to do is have stocks coming up onto your list that may or may not trigger in the future, but you've already done your research when they do trigger. Now, let's move on. Now, last week I asked you what was the best piece of advice you've gotten, and you delivered in spades with many people contributing, so thank you very much for that. Now, some uh, we saw multiple times, and thank you to those people who quoted some of the advice that I give here. Um, and here are just a, a few of those ones that were, people actually gave us. Uh, the first one, the power of compounding interest. Absolutely, the power of compounding is phenomenal. A lot of people don't really get into it too much. They, they know it's there, but the earlier you start, the better. And I know a lot of people watching this video, you're in your 30s and, and younger, and the, the more you start pushing some money away, and it doesn't have to be a lot, the more money you'll have later on and you won't even miss it. Your lifestyle won't change. Trust me on that one. I, I know that. But just get into the power of compounding. Uh, the next one was look after the pennies and the pounds will like look after themselves. I don't know how many times my mum told me that one and um, all my aunties and uncles and everything told me that same one. Very, very good. So look after that. Spend less than you earn. That's in my book, How to Beat the Managed Funds. Um, very, very good um, um, advice. Spend less than you earn. You can't go wrong if you do that. So a lot of people, but what we find is the majority of people in Australia don't do that. They do the opposite. They spend more than they earn. And that's why a lot of people run out of money before they run out of week. So very, very good advice there. The next one I really did like, I, I thought, I mean, I'd, I've liked all of them, but this one I thought was really, really good. It says, when you get something you don't expect that isn't in your budget, then invest it. How's that one? So what that means is if you're budgeting and you've got your money going through um, nicely allocated, et cetera, and you're, and you're saving some money and you're paying your debts off, that sort of stuff, and you get a bit of a bonus, which could be an inheritance. It could be a bonus from work. So maybe your boss gives you a bonus because you've been into a good job or, you know, you win a little bit of money on the horses or the tax lot or whatever it is and you get a little bit of money. Don't put it into your budget or for spending, put it into your investments. That's what it was saying and I thought that was an excellent one. Next one is earn, save, invest, enjoy. I like that one, earn, invest, save and enjoy. That's what we do here. Uh, the next one was one of the ones I talk about all the time. Don't bottom pick. Uh, again, another good one. And then don't be afraid of paying tax. If you're paying tax, you're making money and I love that one too. And that's the other one I talk about a lot. We talked about a little bit about tax and capital gains, I think a couple of weeks ago, Janine and I, and it, to me, the more tax I'm paying, the more money I'm making. But that's it for me. Thanks, everyone, for sending in your questions. And thanks to all those who gave us their money tips. I really do appreciate it. Now, if you have any questions that you'd like me to answer, just stick them below. Really do. Stick them below and I'll get to answering them. But I've got another question for you. What's your favourite book on investing and making money? So what's your favourite book on investing and making money? Put that down below. Remember that here on this channel, we do these Monday market reports every single week. And we also do our live stream every Tuesday night, that's 7 to 8 p.m. Australian Eastern time. So hit the subscribe button now. Click the bell on the right of it so that you know when we upload new videos onto the channel, we go live with our live stream. But for now, I'm Dale Gillam. Goodbye, good luck, and good trading. Thanks for listening. This podcast is brought to you by Wealth Within, a global leader in stock market education. For more information on our courses or to listen to more Talking Wealth podcasts, head over to wealthwithin.com.au and click on the Talking Wealth podcast under the Learning Centre.